Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Breeding's Guild Podcast. Spontaneously shitting themselves on the way to work or something like that. Yes, what every 40-year-old does. Yeah, of course. Almost as a as a pastime, as a hobby. Like Bob, when's the last time I, I remember the the water cooler tricks? When's the last time you uh, you had a nice old uh, just on, autonomous shit, just an unexpected. Uh, unexpected pooper duper on the way to work uh, that's what i've learned at my age i uh-huh. have two two kinds of movements mm-hmm. ones that wear me out and ones that lighten my spirits <laughs> there's <laughs> there's there's the struggle and then the storm <laughs> and then yeah the, the, i hate yeah. the struggle uh the storm is ugly as fuck oh uh, <laughs> um the storm is ugly as fuck, but at least it, it left. You know, it abandoned you. Well, it you know, it's it's the the kind of turds that <laughs> brighten your day. Like you feel wonderful. I wish I had those all the time, but I just that don't. Brighten your day, <laughs> like Miss Hanky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or your kids, if you have kids. <laughs> Hello, greetings. <laughs> Oh, we're on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now that I know this, let's talk a little bit more about bowel movements. Uh, um, he is Corey. I am Bob. And we are just by ourselves tonight <laughs> for the Cretans Guild podcast. We are part of the Podfix Nation, Podfix Network, podfixnetwork.com. Check them out. Check out all the other shows. I'm not going to repeat them because Corey's going to hear something different and repeat something vulgar. <laughs> And I'm going to save them that embarrassment. Isn't that part of our promotional package? It is. I mean, it's what they expect out of us. But at the same time, I don't want to insult our friends. Like for an extra like Popeye's value meal or something, I get to say something like untoward about your, but not necessarily insulting about your podcast product. I can go for a Popeye's value meal right now. I almost fucking did tonight. I'm telling you. Uh, I had one of those. You have Popeye's up there. There's Popeye's up here, yes. Of course, I didn't know that. just over there. <laughs> okay. I thought Popeye's was like a Louisiana thing. No, it's Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, but yeah, it's still a global franchise. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they made their way up there. Because you guys got a lot of stuff up there that's not down here. Uh, What, like Kroger's and shit? Well, we kind of have, uh, not 100%, but we kind of have Kroger's down here. I tried them for a little while. You got one Kroger's, weirdly enough, about like uh, 15 miles east of uh, Tifton, Georgia. And it's like the only Kroger within a 200 mile radius of that part of Georgia. Um, I don't know. What uh, else What else do we have up here that's not down there? Uh, you got Culver's you, now. That w- that used to be like the pride of the Midwest, but they're just whoring themselves out for anybody nowadays. And God bless them. Yeah. You've been to Culver's, right? I have been to Culver's. Okay, good. They're they're a little Thank bit of sure. a drive away from me, but the the few times where I've had them, they're they're pretty damn good. Oh, for those concrete mixers, it's a drive worth taking. <laughs> and honestly, I'd recommend walking to it because even if it's like ten miles away, it's not going to take it's going to take more than that to walk what you just ate off of you. Oh my god, um, not in this heat. 
uh, in that, in that, oh, well, yeah, you'd have a, you know, a lot of clogged pores and a heart attack before you got home. Um, but yeah, uh, there's Culver's. I know we got like, uh, Portillo's up here, but that's very much an Illinois thing. So, uh. um, yeah, there's actually one in Indiana and when it opened, people like went fucking insane. They're like, ah, Portillo's! because they knew. It's one of those weird um, institutions of Chicago that people like make pilgrimages to every once in a while. So there's what that. What is it? Uh, Portillo's. Yeah. What it's, is it? It's like the. It's a very showy uh, sort of a fat house eatery uh, where they serve you like Polish sausages, a bunch of different kinds of shakes, um, like layered pizza. It, it was primarily a Chicago thing, so you'd imagine that the food that they have is what you think Fatty. of coming from Chicago. Oh, very yeah. much so. It's like every single like immigrant cuisine that Chicago is known for crammed into one very open building because the people that eat there all the time are going to need that space. <laughs> okay, so to answer my question, it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Yeah, you eat there. Okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but you, I couldn't. You have any? Uh, we're starting to get Bucky's down here. You have any up there yet? With the B U C E E. Yeah. Took the entire fucking continent by storm in like 2020, it seems. Because the first time I ever saw Bucky's was like in Alabama. Not Alabama. Uh, so Georgia goes like, oh Tennessee. Sorry, it was in Tennessee, and it was on my way out out west. And I was like, oh, this must be um, somebody's answer to uh, Loves or whatever the other one is, Pilot. Um, and the Circle J. So that's three competitors. And on the way back, I saw like literally nothing but fucking Bucky's on the way back. Texas yeah, clo- is almost like all Bucky. Well, yeah, that's where it started. And it's <laughs> yeah. starting to like moss grow out. And we have one in Daytona right now. Oh, that's a perfect city for one. <laughs> right on like two major highways. I-4 going in and then A1A going up. That's a beautiful thing. And yeah, fucking God that. bless them for it, too, because uh, when you do that much cross-country traveling, you want a cheap shower. And, uh, I mean, the other two are like, or the other three are like nice, but like 12 bucks a day. That's at least once a day. You know, if you don't want to smell like Margie the Trash Heap. <clears throat> Wait, does Bucky's have showers? They ought to. Oh, I have yet to to uh, visit any of them, so I just I know was... that they have, like, barbecue places inside the gas station. No shit. Yeah, or smokehouse of some kind, yeah. Double no shit. Alright, well, clearly I've never been inside of a Bucky's, but what I've been told was people that I used to ask about, like, you know, how to, you know, keep myself straight while driving, you know, for fucking 13 hours a day, and they were like, you know, in addition to having a... Uh, a membership to Planet Fitness, so you can use your showers for free, things like that. They're like, all right, you want to stop off at like Pilot, Circle J, and all those places. And I was like, that's great. Um, and then on the way back, they were like, yeah, Bucky's is starting to go nuts. And <laughs> it was when I like when I mentioned, oh, these Bucky's billboards are fucking cute, and they're like, oh shit, yeah, you should totally stop. There's showers. The showers are cheaper than Pilot. And I was like, ah, fuck. Well, all right, I'll think about that next time. And I never did. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bucky's is another thing. But that, as far as I know, is a Southern institution. Right. So, unfortunately, you know what else is hitting the road? What? Uh, well, actually, it's its days are now done and gone. Mm-hmm. And that's one of our favorite attractions down here at Universal. 
Nice segue. I yeah, like it. You like that? You like that. <laughs> that was good. We don't do yeah. them well, but when we do, we knock them um, out of the fucking park. Um, you should like bottle that shit, dry it out, and then send it to me because I'll yeah, sort it right the fuck up. I'm gonna be basking in that one for a while. Uh, Poseidon's Fury. And I'm not gonna be basking in that at all because yeah. that's fucking heartbreaking. And we've talked about Poseidon's Fury on this show before, right? Oh, several times, several, several times. times. And we were big fans of the original version, not the, yeah, the um, OG. Not the 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 re theme re do I don't I don't know what you would call that because you know honestly it was so drastically different from what the original was that would be that would be my first personal exposure to the concept of a reboot. I guess yeah, a reboot is probably the better acronym because mm-hmm. or the, the better word to use because in some of these cases when a uh, a theme park attraction closes and becomes something completely different. Uh, obviously, that's a re-theme. Mm-hmm. But Poseidon's Fury kind of like took a hard step to the right, stepped in shit, and said, <laughs> oh, let's just keep on going and maybe we'll just walk, rub off as we're walking. I, I still don't understand the weird criticisms people had about that. And I was... About the uh, original run? About the original one. Yeah, it was just an absolute marvel of like entertainment technology. And I guess the CG might have worn thin over time, but like it wasn't it wasn't only like a year and a half that Islands was open before they decided to before they decided to, before they decided to gut it. Yeah. Um and I've already and they talked, didn't really yeah. gut it. They they did change a lot of the theatrical aspects. Uh the the one thing <sighs> I didn't really care for was the um the animated uh Poseidon merman I, that's the one thing I didn't like. The rest of the show was was great. I absolutely loved it. Uh, okay, all right. Well, the one thing the one thing that killed me is that they changed the ending. There was no reason for them to do that. Oh, they they completely changed the um, the final show and the, the the I mean, they gave it a whole new villain, mm-hmm. and Poseidon went from being the villain to the hero. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I made the same face. But but the coolest thing about the ending, and I, I guess you know the spoilers won't matter at this point, was that you actually start the entire show in the concourse that you had to walk through in order to get to the auditorium, and yeah. they accomplished this by having a fake concourse, uh, by having a fake concourse underneath the audience that sprang up when the entire auditorium went dark, and it happened within the span of like three to four seconds. Fucking crazy. Like, especially if you saw it the first time. You don't remember it, do you? I, what are you talking? Are you talking about in the pre-show? Okay, so in the pre-show, you know how Universal does their thing where they stage where they stage the audience before they enter the auditorium? Yeah. Right? So, like, uh, the classic example of this would be in um, Despicable Me. Uh, they have, like, a little show on those little screens that... Uh, surround this big atrium sort of a thing. Yeah, the pre-show. Yeah, people get juiced up and then, you know, they're all hyped for the show and then they get led in through the three sets of doors. So, there was uh, there was a concourse that did pretty much the same function before uh, the Poseidon's Fury show and what it was, was like this big blue kind of like a, uh, a like a, a temple facade and the host of the show was like an archaeologist or some silly thing. Yeah, he was an old man who crawled out of a hole in the, the side and come down a ladder and he would give you the whole spiel. Right. And unlock the uh, the temple gateway doors and that's where you'd walk into the main showroom. 
So the gateway is what, yeah. But after you walk through the gateway, do you remember what happens then? Uh, what happens then? Then? Uh, <laughs> then? You yeah. mean in the gateway? That's where the uh, the the rotating water stream the is. The big water tunnel, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that so, never changed. That was always there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. So after you go through the water tunnel, then you're in the atrium or the the auditorium, and then the show happens. Blah, blah, blah. And then like, uh, right after the uh, the show's climax. You know, the big water war or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything goes dark. It all shuts down. And then when lights come back up again, you're you're back in that atrium in front of the temple door. And the first time I saw that, I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little uh, jarring the first time. But uh-huh. nothing comes from underneath. Uh, it's it's a giant screen that comes down. Oh, so and then it was like... Your- Oh shit! All right, all right. So I thought I, I thought I, I I read somewhere about how they accomplished that effect, but it would have been like a long ass time ago too. Um, so it was like just something that came down from the ceiling. Yeah, it was a giant screen that that they blind you with light and then they turn off all the lights, so your eyes are they're not adjusted. And as yeah, in the darkness. That's when the screen comes down, and it looks exactly like the uh, the gateway that you came through to get into that room. Yeah, yeah. But it was funny because like when they restaged it or when they when they rebooted it or whatever, uh, you went through the temple door, then the water tunnel, and then you were in front of that thing again. And the first time I saw this, I was like, why did you do this? <laughs> and oh. then... Because and then the, the, uh, go ahead. the, the re-theme, uh, that I just went on it right mm-hmm. before it closed. And I remember, uh, yeah, we did the pre-show. We went through the water tunnel, and then we walked into the giant um, auditorium. I don't remember there being the screen in front of us to start that show. Well, they must have taken. They must have like thought heavily about that then, because that was that was like my first impression of the rebooted show was them like giving the ending away as soon as you got in the auditorium, and then they kind of like reverse ended it where like the lights would go down, and then this, and then I guess the screen went up. I thought it just dropped like there was a false floor or something, but um, and then the show would begin proper, and by proper I mean uh, the two non luchadors waging unholy war against each other <laughs> on top of a bunch of. Now f- totally flat-looking water curtains because they did away with the CG completely. And the, the villain on the the re the reboot it was so horrible. You, look, you know what it reminded me of? The end to Masters of the Universe, the movie. Uh, even that, based off the the animated show, mm-hmm. had more creative thought in what they put. Like the the name of the villain was Lord Darkion. Really? <laughs> That's the name you guys went with. We didn't. There's like Greek mythology is loaded with Dude, heroes Greek and villains. Myth- Greek mythology is almost exclusively eighty-eight percent villains. Yeah, they're all they're they're all they're, it's characters. It's like strictly characters, and depending upon what story you're hearing about, that character can either be like you know a bastion of magnanimity or a complete like a raging douche. Zeus was usually a raging Zeus, but he had at least one or two hero stories. Uh, as far as I can tell, Hercules was like really the only pure hero in the entire. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, he had a lot to deal with. <laughs> he he did have a lot on his plate. His his mm-hmm. uh, stepmom kind of fucked him. Yeah, metaphorically, all the Metaphor- yeah, not not yeah. not proper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
No problem. Although that that was going on a lot in, in Greek myths. Of course, yeah. There's like there's like no boundaries in Greek mythology. So I was like, why'd you have to make up an asshole? Here's literally a bouquet of assholes for you to pick from here. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you like had to stretch, uh, if you had to stretch that selection a little bit, I mean, they made Poseidon the asshole in the first iteration. For the most part, he was kind of like one of the more tragic uh, members of the Pantheon. But guess what? He could still be a little douchey sometimes. And he decided to pick him on his worst day. It, and it didn't really make sense to have Poseidon as the villain and Zeus was the hero. And mm-hmm. they're fighting each other. It's like, this makes absolutely no sense. But I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, that was fine. They could have just workshopped the premise a little bit. But it made sense. I mean, it was called Poseidon's Fury. Either Poseidon has to be furious at somebody, or you change the name of the ride. <laughs> yeah. And oh man, can we talk about the facade on the outside of the attraction? Uh, I, I'm kind of brainstorming something here. Poseidon's party would have been a pimp ass bash. It's too bad they never. <laughs> it sounds like a political party. Uh, well, uh, okay. The, Pos- uh, the Poseidon party. <laughs> Pos- Poseidon's hoedown, something like that, maybe. Oh no. <laughs> Poseidon shindig. <laughs> Poseidon shindig. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The facade was always class, too. Yeah, you're right. Um, that looked like a giant Colossus statue had been broken apart. Yeah. And I kept thinking about like that one uh, set piece from Lost whenever I was- walked by it. You know, just a foot. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like one of the coolest things about the Lost Continent is how like mired in antiquity they made it look like uh, you just crossed a bridge from, you know, the uh, the psychedelic waffle land that is Seuss <laughs> Landing over into something that, you know, you could at least feel like you discovered because it wasn't an already established IP. And they did so well with constructing all those like those fiberglass mammoths and shit, especially like contrasted against like mythos that was right, right across the lane from it. It was, it was very, very tangible. Oh, one of my favorite parts of that park. And there's a lot of uh, fun to be had there. Uh, I don't know this for sure, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that was that's probably the death nail of the uh, Lost Continent area of islands. They're probably going to have oh, yeah. Harry Potter just take over the entire area now. Uh, the whole thing's fucking done, which sucks because, uh, like I said, I, I, I like that part of islands. Most, most yeah. of the original bits of islands are uh, still the parts of the park that I look forward to uh, seeing the most. Um, and it's going to be a real, real uh, bitch to see it leave. Yeah, with uh, Sinbad's stunt show, that was gone, and yep. uh, Flight of the Whatever is now part of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, basically, Flight of the Griffin, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yes, I think that sounds right. Now it's Flight uh, Hippogriff. So, oh, yeah, they didn't have to change that a whole lot, really. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, yeah, just change some of the facade and put in an animatronic, and hey, we're good. Yeah. Uh, so Lost Continent now is just Mythos and the Talking Fountain. That's yeah. over by where Sinbad used to be, and that's not enough to keep a whole land going. Yeah, talking, no, talking. no matter how many banners you hang up about it yeah. being the greatest restaurant in theme park history, Talking Fountain's on its way out. Although it's gonna, it's going to be really interesting to see what they replace Mythos with because that's like prime real estate as far as you know, a, as far as like a phony environment is concerned. Sorry, I just saw a couple of gremlins blast by me. Oh, hey, well. As long as they were just running by and not farting by, crop dusting the area. Oh, no, that was earlier. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, Mary says hi. Hi, Mary. She says habab. Um, fucking a, what the fuck? Um, oh, right. Uh, lost Continent. Uh, now mostly lost. Just a couple of things. 
We found the bitch. It wasn't in great shape. <laughs> we found the bitch. There ain't much of it left. Damn. So what what has been, in your opinion, your most disappointed uh, theme park attraction closed closure? Retheme? Whatever you want to say. Uh, God. I don't you can't know. say Mr. Toad because we've done that one to death. And I was going to say, knows. Twi- 20 years on, Mr. Toad still hurts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. One that I miss the most. Uh, Poseidon's Fury is going to be it <laughs> after this year. But there was one before that I used to bitch about a lot, I'm pretty sure. Um, you're thinking about Epcot. The many changes of a Journey into Imagination have been tough to stomach, but it's yeah. never really left. It just... It changed to the point where it's definitely not the same thing. Oh, it's not even close to recognizable, especially if you're you know, part of Generation X, but... You know, the market's not made for us anymore. Um, I don't think they're going to update that until uh, Eric Idle dies. Yeah. Wow, that's an ironclad contract, really? Oh, I don't think it's in contract. I just think that they have no reason to change anything until... It's like... Just leave the little fucker. <laughs> that's a, that's an imagine That's a figment joke for the Disney fans. <laughs> Oh, okay. So that's a that's an in joke or something yeah. that has to do with the fandom. Yeah, Eric Idle tweeted out something a couple of years ago where it's an image of him pointing up at Figment above over his shoulder. Yeah, and he says something along the lines in the tweet of uh, they anim- the he wasn't there for the shot. They animated the little fucker in place. <laughs> so now I just refer to Figment as the little fucker. <laughs> Eric Idle, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't have expected it out of him. That's I, I would have uh, I would have put that on Palin myself, but <laughs> all right. So Figment has an alias. All right. Um, so this journey of the imagination, um, Maelstrom. That's another one that I miss oh, a God, lot. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Horizons. I have, uh, Horizons was killer. Okay, you just reminded me of one. Um, World of Motion. I World of Motion. Loved, I loved World of Motion. Now and uh, anything from Epcot because there's such a rapid turnover for attraction in Epcot. Um, if you're a big fan of that particular park, it, it's it's been a, it's been a test of emotional like wherewithal over the last overseeing that the history of that park yeah and it's uh, still it, going through that today i mean they're removing the barges from the uh, lagoon so they can mm-hmm. change over the night the nighttime show which a lot of people didn't really like the barges some people did didn't care some people hated them was the nighttime show just in it like a, another fireworks and laser sort of thing it was but do you remember for illuminations they would um send out the giant globe and a couple other barges right. at a certain time of the day. So you can't, so during the day, mm-hmm. day, you just had this nice open waterway where you could see all the way across World Showcase and it right. gave you great views of uh, the other pavilions and everything. Mm-hmm. Then they started this one show, Harmonious, that included these gigantic screen barges. Mm-hmm. I think like one, two, three, four, five, five or six of them. And they were freaking huge, so like really, really big. <laughs> okay. So if so. you were to stand in like the Japan Pavilion, look through that pagoda towards the rest of Epcot, you just mm-hmm. see a giant barge off in the side. It's 
just there during the day. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking foul. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. It didn't look good. Nobody thought that one all the way through. I mean, part and parcel. Could have been a JPEG decision. But that sounds like it might have been. He, he it's it, it, it tends to sound like he wanted to err on the side of excess in order to in order to overshadow his uh, his um his forebears legacy, which is fucking huge, and he never would have been able to do in just about a million years. I mean, a million my years, opinion years of, of effort. I mean, yeah, my opinion of Chapek was he was he was a decent financial CEO, he wasn't a very creative CEO, which is what the Disney company needs. They need someone who's going to be creative and go through thought process. Yeah, he didn't have the creative bit, clearly, but uh, as far as fiscal awareness goes, I mean, this is the guy who more or less just threw the biggest budget he could draw up towards towards the Marvel property with the edict that you only use it to oversaturate what you've already got on the streaming service. <laughs> yeah, they're, um, I forget what company he was in charge of before Disney, but it uh-huh. ran very well and it made a lot of money. But it was just like a normal business, business, business type of place. It wasn't something that requires uh, a lot of, going back business, to it, business. a lot of creative thought. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Uh, he worked for Heinz in brand management and in advertising for J. Walter Thompson before joining uh, the Disney company in 1993. He's been with uh, Disney for quite a while. Yeah, and he didn't figure it out. He, uh, I mean, he had enough brand exposure to at least get a decent idea of what Iger was doing right. And he had to have been picked for some reason. Like, I doubt Iger, with all of his, like, exacting movements within the company over the last two decades, just spun a fucking bottle and it landed on the other Bob. <laughs> I think... <coughs> excuse me. I a Heinz with bottle. JPEG, yeah, Heinz bottle. <laughs> yeah, 57. Uh, I think with JPEG, what his position was, he, he entered Disney at one level mm-hmm. and then through either demotion or retirement or some other cause, he just kept climbing that ladder. He was eventually head of Disney Parks, I think, and mm-hmm. then he just kept gli- climbing the the corporate ladder, um, almost to a point where I'm I doubt he was able to take in a lot. And then, yeah, yeah he's like, "All right, get the fuck out." <laughs> <laughs> Bob Iger walks back into the Disney boardroom, complete surprised all of the investors. And he has his own entrance music, and then somebody runs <laughs> up to him and gives him a microphone. <laughs> With pyro. <laughs> the Bob has come back to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chapex on the other side of the table in the uh, <laughs> in the CEO's chair going Just in his head, very doing very mixed Vince McMahon-ish. D- yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like classic Triple H heel movements, just like. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was JPEG's moves. I'm trying to see. I, while we were talking about that, I thought of an attraction that um, that squarely fulfills the definition of an attraction that I have been missing 
and will probably continue to miss, and will probably be one of the last fucking things I think of, uh, like on my deathbed. And that's going to be the Adventurers Club. But oh my god, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about the fucking Adventurers Club before. But we can talk about it some more. I don't not mind. To, not to paraphrase Will Turner from you know uh, a, a situation or. Uh, conversationally appropriate topic <laughs> perhaps we could talk about it once more um <laughs> uh it was definitely something that stuck out in like what was already a very uh aesthetically inspiring uh, setting which was the like totality of pleasure island that like so much of pleasure island had already like dug its way into my like you know pre-middle school hippocampus you know when you're, you're just soaking in all these inspirations all at once especially yeah. if you're you know an, a, a budding artist i guess i don't know what else to call that um but what was wrong with pleasure island at least if you're you know 10 years old at the time uh it had a um, a pay gate oh yeah they'd have a, that's right there was admission at one point <laughs> yeah uh, remember uh, when yeah. we went to the adventures club we actually went like somewhere in the middle of the day mm-hmm. we just found a table and sat there for several hours playing game boy advance and until, yeah. like, hey, Adventure Club's open. All right, let's go inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was like one of few places in Pleasure Island. That's even after um, the admission gates uh, shut her up. Um, that isn't a nightclub or isn't... Basically, it's not like just sounded fury all up in your face and just music. It was something shit. very unique that stuck out like a sore thumb there. Yeah, um, it was It was also allegedly some place for people, adults, that were uh, looking to enjoy the rest of Pleasure Island could not dump their kids off, but at least give their kids something to look forward to when they visit. And that's why it was usually open before, um, uh, before the admission gates closed up, because... That's where the kids are going to go check out first. It's like something that's not a nightclub, not something that doesn't look like just a place to get lit off of Long Island iced teas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Even though, yes, they did Which serve for at the Adventurers Club, of course. Yeah, it was one of the best things about the Adventurers Club. Yeah, sure, kids can come in, and you can still get buzzed. That's not historically that... a great combination for a business, but <laughs> but it's also very fun. Yeah. I, and I don't know when and you and I went to what is now the Edison. The Edison, yeah. The first time I walked in there, mm-hmm. the floor plan of the Adventures Club was still in my mind. It was so very we, evident, wasn't it? Yeah, I walked mm-hmm. in. I was like, oh, and that's where that was, and oh, and the ca- and the Colonel was oh, it, like hanging over there. It's like, oh shit, Dude, I know where everything is in here. I remember the first time we went there, we were just like, look at we were. This was over. It was it was like the professor at the end of Time Machine, where it was like, and this is where the Sleestacks <laughs> Temple was, and this is where the Time Machine materialized. And we're <laughs> yeah. asking the, the bartender, was. can you make a kungaloosh? <laughs> yeah, make a kungaloosh, and the guy behind the counter is like, yeah, okay. <laughs> fucking nerds i don't know some of the some of the bartenders were like okay whatever um because you can't be a bartender and be you know like yeah, that you can't be a douche some of them were like all right do you want the original kungaloosh do you want the one from 1995 to 1988 or do you want the one that was right before adventures club closed and then we were like we didn't know there was three of them let's taste all of them so <laughs> yeah i love how he wrote down the recipe for one of them and gave it to you yeah that was so cool that was so cool that was a hell of a first visit too um, the one thing that I really like about the, I guess, trio of restaurants that I've kind of come to think of, I've come to call that the, the Pulp Strip, uh, because of the shared theme between all of them, is between uh, Jock's Hangar, 
and mm-hmm. the hangar bar. Uh, the Edison and was it Enzo and Maria's? I think it is Maria and Enzo's. Yes, Maria and Enzo's, which I yeah. didn't expect to love as much as I did. Um, all three of them being in the same spot really press that spirit of exploration and imagination that the Adventurers Club did, while still you know keeping themselves you know tenable to an adult audience. I mean, you're not going to be bringing your kids to see a fucking Italian restaurant, but the fact that they had like uh, a, a tourable like fake wine cellar in the bottom that led right into the Edison and the fact that like Jock's hangar bay or hangar bar was so close in proximity to those two things it, it, it really it really kept the idea that they wanted to keep something like the Adventurers Club there but they wanted something that you know fucking made money <laughs> and for a while there it looked like that they were going to stick with this theme because that's when they started uh, teasing the Disney Sea the Society of Explorers and Adventurers which is kind of like a, the the next step from the Adventurers Club. That's right. That's and right. All three of those places has some kind of connection to the Sea Corporation. Yeah. Well, the well the Adventurers Club more or less like kind of it didn't lay the groundwork for it. It's just that somebody at Disney was like, "Hey, why aren't we doing anything with this? <laughs> this yeah. is awesome." I mean, the name Merryweather Pleasure is kind of weird, but uh, I mean, we don't have to focus on that solely. Who is still in canon a member of Disney Sea? Well, the, yeah. The, yeah. He ought to be because he was like the first. But the fact that they like kind of linked that. Now, this mostly came from like Disney China, right? Uh, you know, I think that is where it first physically manifested. I don't know where the uh, original thought process came from. It, yeah. It had to be someone who knew the knowledge of the Adventurers Club and brought uh-huh. it over to China. And they made like a whole thing about it, which I definitely want to go to one day. Yeah, dude, that that Disney looks fucking pimp. I'm not gonna it lie. Does. Like their version of the haunted mansion. There's two. There's two places oh within like the Disney like um, panoply. Is that the right word? I don't know. Within the the whole Disney entity, uh, IP orgy. I guess that would be a more appropriate term. Um, not even. <laughs> not really. Um, I want to see. Um, I want to see the haunted mansion at Paris. Uh, because that's okay. the, that's the one that uh, kind of ties into the whole uh, uh, this like a whole tragic dust bowl kind of a story. So everything's western themed, uh, and I want to see Mystic Manor. Holy shit! I want to see Mystic Manor so bad in person yeah. uh, because it looks like get this. You're impressed with your own segue before. It looks like they took what was innovated with Poseidon's Fury, but only brought so far, and then they just ran the rest of the way with it. And they're like, nah. No, you guys are not pushing this Poseidon's Fury technology far enough. We're going to do that because we've got Disney dollars in order to do so. Like every single time, like, like I have to watch that video at least once a year. The one ride oh, the ride along video? Yes. Just to see that, like, just to make sure that I like, didn't imagine something as like fucking crazy inventive as that ride is. I get this confused uh, with the Tokyo Disneyland, but it's one of those two. It's either the the two in China or the one in China or the two in Japan that is just Disney name only. They're actually owned by the the country that they're in. Uh, weirdly enough, yeah. Well, it has to be China because Mystic Manor was conceived to ho- avoid the whole dead people thing. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have a thing about spirits that they're not really comfortable with. No skeletons, no ghosts. But yeah. You can have a monkey in some floating suits of armor and shit. I guess that's that's fine. Yeah, mystical <laughs> stuff? Go nuts. Yeah, sure. We got, yeah, that. We got that in spades. Sure. It's vague enough. We can get away with it. Whatever. Um, 
but uh, the whole the whole living set idea behind the ride, uh, and the fact that there are no like there are no like transitional spaces from one point to the next to the next, like it's all one liminal space that doesn't function as a liminal space. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Strike that. Reverse it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, do, I do know <laughs> what you mean. You know mean. what I mean. Okay. And I think what ended up happening was some mm-hmm. Imagineers from over here went over there. They they looked at everything. It's like, we could do this. We mm-hmm. could absolutely do this. And that's what they made um, inspired the way that uh, Mickey's Runaway Railway at Hollywood Studios. Still really want to see that, too. It's worth it's worth the visit, yeah. It's worth the visit, and it's worth that ride going away too, because it's a great movie ride. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people who love that ride. That was a big favorite for a lot of people. Well, I think it showed its age eventually. That's the thing. I'm a big time cinephile, but the thing is that they kept showing fucking aliens, and I was like, ah, <laughs> dude, so many more movies have come out since then. Now, if they made it like, <laughs> if they made it like a quarter a quarter decade refresh or something, maybe it could have stood the test of the time. Because, like I said, as like a celebratory exhibit, it, it was fantastic. Um, it's it's one of the reasons I miss uh, the, the Hitchcock show over at Universal oh so much. Oh my god. And when the horror makeup show goes away, it's gonna at some point. When it goes away, man, I'm gonna be crying like the same kind of bitter tears. <laughs> but I, I will. Okay, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna protest. Uh huh. But man, I am gonna be so disappointed if Universal yep. closes. It's one of two last first day uh, attractions. It's not only that, but it's one of the last attractions on site that reminds you of what the theme park was supposed to be which was a living studio. Yeah, because and all... that, that particular attraction, it went through uh, re- re- refurbishment, re- re-theming. Ah, some revisions, because, you know, Revision, jokes age. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for the most part, like, dude, like I, like, I keep telling this story to people who don't ask, because, you know, that's the best time to do so, um, that I actually met the original Mark James uh, at one of the commissaries backstage when I was going to Dave, Dave school. Oh, cool. And I didn't want to be an asshole about it, but I didn't know how to do it because I was fucking starstruck as hell. Like, I got more starstruck in front of this dude than I was in front of seeing Jerry Lawler at Coliseum of Comics that one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> because it was like so amazing that this guy like was handed such a small job. Like, he's not like the people that he the people that like they experience his work on a day to day basis aren't going to be like anywhere near is like a uh, model. I think as you know, uh, Jerry Lawler being seen on, you know, cable television, <laughs> which is a funny thing to say nowadays, but, um, <laughs> but this guy, yeah, I remembered him, you know, cause he was, he's like a part of that, uh, sort of like a growing up period. And I was literally right behind him. And so me trying not to be a douchebag, but I was like, Hey, uh, do I re- re- recognize you from something? And it was like, I felt like an ass as soon as those words came out of my mouth, because where else would I have recognized him from? The one gig that he has had for his entire life. <laughs> and this is what he does. He does the face. He goes like this. <laughs> Mark James used to do on stage. And I was like, I'm like the chimp that saw the magic trick. He's just like. <laughs> So you you Star Wars nerd fan over him? <laughs> yeah, that was for our uh, podcast listeners, by the way. That uh, that bit of visual content. Oh, that only I got. And that only you got. Yeah, basically, yeah. I looked like a, I looked like a chimpanzee that just saw like 
a dude do a disappearing coin trick in front of him, and you know, <laughs> I was very amazed in my monkey-like state. Anyway, <laughs> so while we're talking about all these um, these former things we loved, or the, the closures, I should yeah. say, uh, you want to hear about something that just went down this week? I mean, yesterday. Yeah, you mentioned as, far, this. as of this recording. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what do you know of the uh, the Star Cruiser? Uh, Star I know Cruisers. You, I know you've been out of the theme park loop for a while, but what do you know about that? That's <laughs> because I live in Michigan. Um, okay, the Star Cruiser is the big. That uh, was the big hotel, right? Uh, the Star Wars branded one that they they, they opened up for like um, I don't know. I'd like to say luxury. Uh, I'm sorry, not luxury guests, but uh, no, you're right for a higher tier of patron. Oh yeah, yes. Of the Disney yes. parks, yes. Mm, That's you know. perfect. Yes. Uh huh. All right. Where, what about where, it? What happened to it? Uh, in September, it's closing for good. <laughs> what? Yeah, the it took longer to build this thing than they did to run it. Is eighteen months total this lifespan? Okay, they it was wait it was open right? Oh yeah. And they're closing it down. They're shutting it down. Why? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's financial. They're correcting a lot of former JPEG mistakes, and this is one of two that they uh, they announced yesterday. Uh, yeah, uh, if you don't know about it, it's like a Star Wars themed uh, experience where you can stay two days, stay two nights at this small hotel that's supposed to be they shuttle you off onto a star cruiser it goes around the galaxy it flies around uh meanwhile you're just in a building outside of disney hollywood studios and it costs five thousand dollars i mean for a stay people criticized it when they heard the price tag but essentially it was supposed to be the same kind of an attraction that like the star trek experiences in vegas right or wherever the hell that is i don't think there's ever been something that was this immersive so apparently there were going to be um uh uh shows or projects that the guests can take part in and actually uh -huh. become a jedi or be, be a character in the star wars universe uh-huh and it, it was going around the clock all day long. Something would be going on where you can, like, try to avoid being captured from the uh, the, the new bad guys, the new Empire, um, the First Order. Yeah. Or you can watch uh, Ray and um, Kylo Ren lightsaber fight, or you mm -hmm. can join up with Chewie. And th the options were crazy. They gave you so many things to do, and I think... Basically, people uh, were just going in their rooms to sleep to rest up for the next thing to, uh, that's going on. Yeah, that's why you keep it part of the park experience, like the Wizarding World, for instance. Well, the funny thing is, is they actually <laughs> reserve some time for the the patrons, for the, the guests to actually go to Batu, where they mm -hmm. shuttle you off. You're right. Uh, you enter a windowless van, and then they just kick you out. It's like, all right. Go into Batu, but don't go anywhere else and kill the immersion. Don't go into Toy Story Land or anything. I don't. They didn't stop you from going into Toy Story Land, but they would take you into Batu. They'd take you to Olga's. They would take you into Sabi's lightsaber shop. 
I think you get they, to build a light sh a saber as well. Did you? Did they take you to uh, Luke's uh, blue titty milk caf cabaret or whatever the? Yeah, they, they they let yeah you can buy the blue milk if you want, and there's uh. the, the two rides. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, there's a blue milk and a green milk stand. I mean, it's it's They're probably like nasty. It's probably like just you know usual like sucrose slop that you find at most theme parks, but that's oh, still yeah, yeah. It, what a hell of they, a theme. they put a little bit of tequila, they put like a pinch of tequila in it. Oh, hmm. doesn't make All it right. any better. Blue the blue creature milk is is a bit of an alcoholic property to it. I didn't know that about Star Wars lore. Interesting. Well, it, it goes from like uh, an overly sweet drink to an overly sweet drink with a bit of a bite. You know what would have been super cool about uh, for like somebody who was a, a lapsed Star Wars fan is if they had like actual credits that you could use, like the big chunky metal things that Han slaps down on the counter. Oh yeah, that would, that would be have been awesome. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> but you could do stuff like that on the the Star Cruiser. You could play. Uh, uh, the the game uh, the card game I forget what it's Barack or Bar Sabak well they actually you know, hold up a second you want to hear something really cool check mm. this out not to derail us too much but since we're on the subject they uh, actually made this a few years ago and I believe you can still get it Galaxy Edge Sabak card playing game there it is right there oh yeah comes and the they also dice. had like yeah. The, the little hologram chess game that was on the Falcon, you could play that too, but I, I'm not sure if you use like physical f characters or or what they were doing. But there's lightsaber training, there's phaser mm -hmm. training, there's you can get on the bridge of the Star Cruiser and the, the captain will let you fly or something. So yeah, it was there was a lot going on. There's probably more cast members hired as actors than there was hotel cleaning staff. So, oh, more service staff. You can, you can imagine like the like the mammoth cost sink that must have been to keep as like to not just keep an operation but just to set it up to begin with. now the funny thing is that like now that you're telling me about all of this it sounds like a little bit of overhead was kind of a few corners were cut in trying to bring the whole experience together and they were trying to sell it off at the absurd nightly rate of like five thousand dollars <laughs> I don't, um, I don't think they cut any corners. It, at least it doesn't look like it. And people you're, said you're talking people about like on it. putting people in like a tram with no windows and then just like kicking them out in another part of the park where you can see like the rest of MGM or whatever it's called now. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds a little bit bootleg. Like maybe that part of it hadn't been fully thought out yet because they have a Star Wars section of MGM. You'd think that they'd make those two properties naturally no. transition they, no I, if have you not been dude i haven't been to mgm in literally 20 years okay. and the last well, time I've i can tell because you're still calling it mgm yeah right i know <laughs> Which is fair. hey i do it too. hey i still call it pleasure island people are like what's that uh-huh god sick it's pleasure um, island and that's all you need to know don't call this anything else it's not disney fucking springs <laughs> yeah they were actually really thoughtful when they built the star wars land area you can't see the rest of the park from inside that land yeah, and then the middle of the project was when Chapek was making the making the uh, transition over. Right? They already they already had. I'm the, not sure if the decision was made before him and they mm -hmm. got everything started. Um, what does make sense is he made a bunch of promises that wasn't there. Which oh, that happened as well with the Star Cruiser. Really? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. There'd be droids walking around. There's mm -hmm. no droids. It's all people in costume. Wow. Talk about uh, talk about a massive budget oversight. All right. Yeah. Well, if that's like the worst that his legacy leaves behind, then uh, I guess he's getting off scot-free. Yeah, it's not over yet. 
No. No, it's shit. not. That guy yeah. just really, uh, really reached for the fuck up milestone, I guess. <laughs> We're the talking about up- JPEG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, it's, he heard you go, hey, yep. Here's here's the uh, here's the missing fifth beetle. Daddy Chapik got shit canned. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so much that I got picked up on the on the stream. <laughs> I think so. It's a good mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh right. So anyway. Alright, so we have this area in Orlando called Lake Nona. It's yes. mostly uh, a, like a medical facility, but it's like a this square piece of land that's just outside the airport it's right like on the 417 highway it's like a collection it's like the second biggest no it's like the first biggest collection of medical campuses in orlando next to um whatever's right next to i4 near the wendy's on orange drive <laughs> i can't remember what that area is called i just remember there's a wendy's there and it's on our okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <Now> do. <laughs> you're probably absolutely right it's the wendy's and some other stuff i don't know <laughs> But the other distinction of the like known area that is that it's like like primarily golf communities because those doctors have got to do something on the weekends, right? Oh yeah, it's a very high end community. I, I went there once to meet a friend for a coffee, and I was like, mm-hmm. "This looks too swanky for me. I I don't belong in here." Yeah, I actually knew I knew two people that worked at our last full uh, time place uh, that lived over there too. One of them was a graphics op, which was confusing to me, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty much what goes on over there is people getting stuck and people uh, shanking, shanking and hacking. Yeah. So uh, so what happened was while Chapek was in charge, mm-hmm. he bought uh, a good amount of land over there. I'm not sure. Did he buy it or was the process still going through purchasing? I'm not entirely sure. Well, I hope he wasn't uh, squatting. Well, he definitely wasn't squatted because he can afford it. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. What the what Disney wanted to do was to take about two thousand employees from California. These would be Imagineers, engineers, producers, mm-hmm. writers, and people who are basically you know that that big building out in Anaheim with the seven dwarves where they're holding up the the facade on the yeah, outside yeah. of the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be like two thousand people who worked in that building transfer them over here to Orlando, completely uproot their families and uproot their life and move them over here and have them start doing almost the same thing in the Orlando area. Mm-hmm. Until Iger said, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, so... <laughs> Iger came around with that rubber stamp was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm glad you said rubber stamp because that metaphor could have gone somewhere else, like quite rapidly. <laughs> um, that's, uh, yeah, that's huge. Um, because the Star Wars thing, the Star Wars cruiser bit, kind of, that's kind of like an example of what Chepek was doing wrong. Chepek, whatever, um, was doing wrong. But the Lake Nona thing was like how far that dude was willing to exercise his authority over this company now because yeah. what's when somebody tells you when somebody tells you hey uh we're enjoying our weekend or enjoying our weekend at disney uh we're having a whole lot of fun here why don't we fucking go take a look at lake nona um <laughs> <laughs> 
for for one thing, uh, pending that you know what Lake Nona is before you show up to Orlando, and you're probably more of an Orlando nerd than you are a Disney nerd, if that's the case. Uh, and by the way, you're probably going to be taking a roll by a Fairchild Chapel first before heading over that way. Um, Ace, nice uh, Ace, nice work there. Well, Fairchild Chapel is like one of my favorite buildings in the city, just because it was so like god awful looking. Um, <laughs> in a different way from the I store on I four, um, Lake Nona is what in comparison to Disney? It's fucking far away, is what it is. And you were well, yeah. It's you, closer to where I live. You had you had a justification for it, right? And it's closer than where you do live, sure. But the justification was that it was like on the 417, and you could actually take the 417 straight up. One thing: what is the 417? First and foremost, a, a toll road. It's a toll road. Yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't want to take the 417, you would have to go where to get to Lake Nona? A uh, shit ton of back roads. Oh, you'd have to take. I mean. This is pending that you're having a good day as far as traffic is concerned in Orlando. Tourist area, Orlando. Tourist area, Orlando. And then municipal area, or sorry, a commercial area, Orlando. I-4, then 50. That's if you want to take the straightest that you can think of. You want to take one road and then another one, and then you're in Lake Nona. Oh, 50 is nowhere near Lake Nona. I'm sorry, I'm still thinking of it in proximity to Waterford. Shit. Nah, yeah. it's all right. <laughs> um, okay, so what's Lake Underhill would be a little bit closer? Uh, let's see. If you didn't want to take... I'm looking at a map. If you didn't mm-hmm. want to take the 417, what you would have to do probably is... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you would have to take uh, South Chase, Weatherby Road. There's a couple of like I don't know if it's residential or they're just regular state highways. Yeah. And that would eventually take you into the Disney area which you still have to get on the other side of I4 and the Turnpike and John Young Parkway. You, you know oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what conversation we're having right now. In Orlando one. The parents that spent 2 days driving from Maryland down to Disney <laughs> only to realize that Disney raised the rates on the two days, uh, somewhere in between the two days that they were on the road and are now trying to figure out what to do because their budget won't allow a visit. So now they're like, well, <laughs> how do we get to Universal Studios from here? I mean, we still have the hotel booked. We can't really cancel the reservation. What are we going to do? Well, we can take Dr. Phillips. I'm sorry, we have to take a Popka Vineland up if we go out towards the cloisters. And then that's what this is. And you would have to deal with that <laughs> every single goddamn day if you wanted to visit both this Disney property and... I'm sorry, if you wanted to visit, like, WDW and whatever the fuck uh, Chapek land they had going on out for <laughs> towards Lake Nona. Land. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought it was, like, mind-blowing enough that Universal wanted to build Nintendo World over where um, uh, Lockheed is. I'm sorry, uh, I'm, using my, I'm using landmarks and I shouldn't be. Uh, that area on Sand Lake that's across I-4. But... The logistics aren't grotesque. You can still take a trolley or something all the way over there, and it wouldn't be too much of a hassle. We're talking about at least four miles between Disney World and Lake Nona. I'm, I'm trying to do that map thing on Google where you can measure a straight line from one place to another, but it, I, I don't know how to get it to work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, I'm not sure if this was ever in the plan, but there could have been a shuttle service from Disney to Lake Nona for 
the residents there. It would stop to take Orlando Roads. <laughs> yeah, but you're not paying the tolls that way. You're not okay. You're not paying the tolls, but like, let's say that you're a typical like you're a typical family. It's kind of on a tight schedule when it comes to like a long distance trip to a world famous theme park, you know. And it's enough to get like your time at the theme park under control. I mean, you live in Orlando. There are some days when you go to Disney and you're like, oh, well, we're going to have to skip this so we can go home and, you know, uh, cut uh, the madness on I-4. Because I don't feel like living and then dying and then living again just to get back to my own toilet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's a worthy trick to make. Yeah, it's a worthy trick and a uh, feat. Absolutely uh, d- uh, deserving of commendation. But here's the thing. Uh, you get on a tram. And you're like, all right, well, the total distance from here to there is going to be 20 minutes. But which road in between, uh, uh, sorry, Reedy Creek Development and Lake Nona is going to be, uh, is going to, is is there a guarantee of no, like, ridiculous traffic? Fucking, it's not I-4. It might be 417 because it's a toll, but I can tell you right now, there have been days where 417 was worse than I-4. And it's crazy because that's the road that people take when they can't take fucking I-4. <laughs> They're willing well, that- to pay $12 for that drive to cut maybe 30 minutes off of their commute. <clears throat> the other thing we're not talking about is this area of Lake Nona. Yeah. It's right outside the airport. Oh my right God. Yeah, you're right. Jesus. I don't know which direction uh, aircraft take off and land at uh-huh. OIA. It's they probably come in from the east I'm, because that looks like just Hickville and Swampland out there. Dude, yeah, you're going to have to drive. If it's like the southern area near Cimarron, that's like fucking. Uh, oh, no. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm looking at the runways at uh-huh. OIA. They run north and south. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, and the, the airlines have to come in in that direction. What which the is fuck, JPEG? What? Just <laughs> north of Lake Nona. I think this is what got him shit-canned. I think he presented this to the board, and they were like, what the shit? This is like at the end of the Hudsucker proxy. <laughs> <laughs> he held up a picture of a ring. Yeah, he held up a picture of a ring. This is Lake Nona, you know, for kids. Oh, my God. That is incomprehensibly... Yeah. You know what I really feel bad about is because this started going down, I think, two years ago or before the pandemic, something like that, where they started notifying people like, hey, we're going to move your position out to Orlando. Uh And I'm sure there's a few people who's like, I'm not uprooting my family to move across the country. I quit. I'm done. Yeah, because for that kind of a job, there is work out in the West Coast. There isn't over here. Uh, unless, of course, you know, some megalomaniac decides to build their own personal theme park out in a plot of land that's either, you know, golf courses or uh, engine blocks sitting in the middle of the road. <laughs> hey, there's always Tony Khan. There's always Tony Khan. Yeah. But he, he's, he's, he's got desert money. And there's plenty of that to go around from what I hear. He's got NFL football money. He's got NFL football money. Right. Um no, that's that's the kind of project that like will put uh, that will put a motherfucker down. Um, the funny thing is, is that like they were they were that invested in bringing people over from other Disney interests in order to get this thing off the ground. 
Like, was it necessary for that uh, that workforce to be brought and imported? Even though I there's like, no, yeah, because I know a lot of production people that weren't working in that year for yeah. a very large reason that probably could have used the hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as of I think last week or mm-hmm. the week before. There was uh, some paperwork filed. It was like, hey, this looks like this. Because some people were starting to guess, like, oh, this is looking kind of iffy. I don't know if we're going to do this. And then some, like, landmark paperwork was filed. It was like, oh, I guess Disney's really going through with this. And then uh-huh. yesterday or this week, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> nope. Well, so, okay. Uh, there's uh, So there's two things I think put the death nail on that whole deal. It was A, uh, Iger looking at it and going, fuck no. <laughs> B, the uh, uh, the uh, resistance from, um, shall we say, the local governments. Probably now, that presented. was my very first thought. That was like, yeah. oh man, this has got to be politically related. Yeah. And with some discussions I've had with some people today, it's mm-hmm. it does look more like it's a financial decision. Now, at the same time, I'm pretty sure my taxes are going to skyrocket in the next two years or so because of this goddamn infighting. Yeah. So probably that's why... If anything, maybe that's why Disney's like, um, nah, no, no, no. Well, well, okay, so the Reedy Creek development was established like way back in the day in order to kind of circumvent. Uh, sorry, circumvent. That's not the right. No, term. no, you're right. <sighs> Bypass. Bypass. Government. What I'm basically saying is that Disney brings in a shit ton of money. This would have been this would have been their cut in order to do so. Now, typically movements like that are reserved for religious organizations, et cetera, et cetera. But if they establish themselves as like a particular township, and you remember how like for the longest time there was a rumor that you couldn't actually fly a plane over Disney property or something like that because they own the airspace. Um, no, that was a security issue back in 2001. You can't, it's still to this day, I think you can't fly over Magic Kingdom and a chunk of Epcot. Okay, see, I heard it very differently, but that's probably where it came from, that uh, that particular detail. But for all intents and purposes, most of most of Disney property, uh, I think except maybe like the Springs area or whatever, is considered its own autonomous uh, governorship. But it still has uh, to operate underneath state laws, right? It, it does, um, and that was the whole point of the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Right. Um, that the 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 time the governor back in the 60s was like, I'll name this whole state Disney if you want. Go ahead. Yeah, well, that, sure. Oh, yeah, and I, think- I don't. And you don't need my opinion if you want to do road work or building promit, mm. uh, permits or anything. Yeah, go nuts. Yeah. Plus, sure. you don't have to pay state taxes. Yeah, there's mm, I right. mean, <laughs> there's a lot the of that. Thing, it's a business. Yeah. Yeah. But. The agreement between the governing body at that time, and I think that was like Child's vision. I'm not sure. Uh, oh no, that long, like when before, Disney first Child? moved here. Yeah, this was oh. in the '60s. Wow. All right. Um, well, uh, I think that the the idea behind that agreement was that you're bringing like you're bringing tons of currency into this state. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay the taxes. <laughs> you're fine. You're basically the backbone of Florida's entire tourism industry. And by the way. Florida's tourism industry wasn't that bad before they moved in. That's a lot of fucking money they're bringing to Florida. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, they brought in a shit ton of money. And at the time, Disney in Orlando only had two or 
three resorts. Mm -hmm. So all the neighboring hotels, motels, resorts, whatever, they were like, yeah, baby, bring it in. Yeah. And I think because they had the Reedy Creek Adjust um, Agreement, yeah. where they didn't have to go through the state to build new infrastructure, new roads, and new everything else, they're like, fuck this, we'll build our own resorts. And now they have over 30 of them in the Disney area. That's right. Yeah. But that's because it was a natural evolution of that initial deal that they had struck. Oh, yeah. um, the, and they hear about like a corporate mutation uh, after uh, certain, um, I guess, benefits are decreed by the state in order to... <sighs> Damn, I wish I was better at English. <laughs> in order to stay there, stay put. Now... It, it was all the way within Disney's interest to stay put because the cost of relocation would have been absurd anyway. But you, you can't just dig up the Magic Kingdom, right? But as long as they're you know a money mill, you know why not make more of it? And so the resort business began to take off. But that is more taxes that are that they're not paying to Florida, which is oh, from from all a, contraire. What's that? Because what last month I just stayed at the Wilderness Lodge for uh -huh. one night. Mm -hmm. And I was hit with a, uh, a state tax and a county tax that went to the state. Disney didn't see any of it. A state what tax, though? A, a state resort tax. A st it was the tourist tax, basically. Oh, all right. Nice. So they so the so the government already figured out a way around it. And it was probably through an agreement with Disney. It's like, OK, we'll just tax our guests uh, like a certain percentage of whatever they stay and and the state gets that and I think that's that's a statewide thing the other thing is uh, the Reedy Creek Improvement District mm -hmm. is one of a hundred mm -hmm. different special interest districts in Florida the villages right. is another one <laughs> I thought you would love that state that fact thanks for the villages reference yeah. that's one part that's one part of Florida lore that I am so happy to tell other people about. That is the f funniest, most fuckingest thing yeah, about Yeah, the whole Florida. thing with the loofahs. <laughs> <laughs> people usually ask me, what, is it like a nudist beach or some weird thing? It's like, oh, it's no. Worse. No, you think nude beaches are weird. Ooh. <laughs> How about real life people or parties? <laughs> Sorry, you first. Oh. <laughs> I think we both said something disgusting. So <laughs> we definitely did. I know yeah. I did. Uh, and, and that's uh, like I, think, mm -hmm. I said think people uh, think old people orgies. Yeah, and I said think lemon party but real life. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just with like way more VD than either one of those two hypotheticals. <laughs> The STD capital of the country yeah. at one point. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so gross, but it's so fucking funny. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yeah. Well, oops. Oh, shit. It's already 10 o'clock. All right. Um, so that's what I was thinking might have been like the big issue. Not the big issue, but with uh, the leverage that DeSantis is trying to hold over Disney. Because, you know, as like a big ticket Republican, fiscal conservatism is cornerstone of a lot of their policies. It's bullshit. Except... In the right hands, there's reason for it, but DeSantis is like, I'll, you know, I'll show no pony if I. Yeah, yeah, he's a whiny little child. It's like, how dare you disagree with me? I'm gonna, 
I'm gonna tax you and I'm gonna build toll roads in your area. I'm gonna I'm gonna build I'm gonna build a prison in Disney area. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna build a prison. Great, yeah, Ron. yeah. He's, awesome. he, he's just a lot of this is happening, and it's probably because yeah. Florida's hemorrhaging money left and right, at, especially after uh, 2020, and the fact that the tourism industry is still trying to recover from that. Oh no, uh, I was at Disney earlier today. It is doing just fine. Okay, well, Disney's doing fine. I don't really know what like fucking South Beach looks like right now. Oh, uh, neither do I. I don't care about South besides, Beach. Besides, when have facts ever really uh, undercut? I like, know. A whole we, lot of we don't let facts inter- interfere with yeah, this podcast. Right. <laughs> 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 no, I meant, I meant like any like any like uh, Republican policy making is complete. Sometimes it's completely divorced from reality. Most of the time, it doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah, in order to get something, in order to get the ball rolling on some bullshit that nobody needs. But if they're talking about revenue, that could have been their in. And so, God damn it! We're talking politics on this fucking podcast. Oh yeah, cut all this out. We don't need this shit. Here, uh, um, hey everyone that's listening to us right now, go look up Goatsy. <laughs> Great, Corey, tell us a fart joke. <laughs> Get us back on track. Oh no, I'm I'm doing better than that. I'm distracting you with classic internet. <laughs> oh, not kids, gather around. At one time, us Gen Xers found mm-hmm. we had this internet meme that. Only a few of us knew, and it was called <laughs> Two Girls in One Cup. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was our means. Earth, it was nobody, life-changing. Nobody else knew about it. It certainly wasn't like a countrywide, like, shock scandal. Or <laughs> <laughs> totally something we didn't show each other at uh, animation school. <laughs> <laughs> right there was Spike and Mike. Right there, right over there was Spike and Mike. Dude, yeah, I'm not trying to distract people from the bullshit we were just talking about. I want people to be traumatized into forgetting about it. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, one URL for you, rotten.com. Go. Don't go. Which means everyone's going right now. I'm actually I'm honestly really curious as to how like a lot of people a lot of people talk about like how the smallest thing can shock like uh, the latest nascent generation. And I don't think that's really true. I think the internet has been around long enough to make them aware of the horrors that we built this place with. Yeah, look at our foundation. Long enough to know what to avoid when they're doing their daily surfing or tweeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I think I don't think Rotten.com would shock a whole lot of people. A whole lot of younger people. Yeah, it's just one of those waves you gotta ride. Yeah, and now there's like one person. I, I suppose there'd be one person like listening to us over in Japan who's like Rotten.com, huh? I'll give it a look. <laughs> and suddenly, like online, really, it's blowing Japan? up Rotten.com, dude. <laughs> one person could look at Rotten.com, and it'll become an anime in like two years. <laughs> I think they did. It was like my life as a dog or something. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's something else completely different. Um, I want to know, actually, speaking of whack-ass anime, I want to know what informed... um, uh, What was this one called? (sighs) Our Message in Terror or something like that. Ah, man. I can't remember what the title of it was. It came out in 2015. It was really good, but the idea was this. Two dudes are terrorizing the entirety of Japan in order to get, like a political movement started 
and they're framed as the heroes. So it was like extra fucked up. These guys are bombing every place, but they're making sure there's nobody in the buildings when they do. Terror and Renaissance? Terror and Renaissance. Yeah, that was it. Like it was, it was like only anime could have framed the act of a terrorist bombing in the way that they did. You reading the synopsis? No, I'm just looking at like the thumbnail and it's, it's three dudes standing in the skyline with what looks like the twin towers on fire. Yeah. (laughs) And here's the, here's the kicker before every bombing, they sent warning videos to the media that were shot like the Al Qaeda videos. Oh my god. This was an anime. It was a cartoon. Oh, there's an anime I mean, for everything. I, there, yeah, I know. And it's not like there are there are audiences for animation over there as regimented as ours. But still. And to top it all off, somebody localized it and put it on Crunchyroll. <laughs> Funimation. But yeah, far overestimating the emotional maturity of most of its audience. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was a good anime. It's actually worth a watch, and it's very short. It's brief, but wow. That's some shit. So, hey, Rotten.com, the anime. Looking forward to it. High Dive, okay. next year, 2024. I can only hope that Germany never adopts an animation studio sometime soon. God, I hope, like, fucking Shonen Jump or something calls me tomorrow. Like, hey, we got an artist and a writer who's ready to tackle this. How about you sell us the idea? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. My time has come. <laughs> Anyway. Speaking of time. Yeah, it's that I think, time. I think it's that time. We should probably... We, we've worn out your ear long enough. Mm-hmm. Those of you who, are, who have been listening to us, like Adam and Rob and Chris and Keith and all you guys, uh, thank you so much for it reaching out. It still blows my mind that people listen to this bullshit. I know, but they do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> Adam is one of our best supporters, and I know. God help him. I know. We were talking in the Discord the other day, and he was like, "Hey, I just listened to the recent episode." I'm like, "Don't fucking lie. (laughs) That just disrespects all of us. What are you doing that for?" (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do have a Discord. You can join in if you'd like and keep this discussion going. Totally up to you. (laughs) Comes with a warning. Corey and I are both in there. I like how we're explicitly stating that it's an option. You don't have to do it. You're not obligated to. Yeah, yeah. No one's holding a gun to your head. Go now. Maybe you want to keep your sanity. Don't touch it. Don't do it with a pair of stolen hands. You can find a link to that in our link tree, which is down below, or just go to our our Twitter handle. You'll find the link tree there as well. Uh, You can listen to or watch Jay in his retro video game review show, Square Pegs, on YouTube. You can try and watch what I do on Skipper Bob's Breakdowns YouTube channel. It's just I haven't done anything noteworthy for a while. Try and watch? Do you, like, manually disable the play bar on the bottom of the videos? Well, I'm not exactly the easiest on eyes, so watching on mute or uh, uh, watching with no picture would probably be better. That's the worst fucking excuse. Man, I've seen YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) Seen YouTube poop. Uh, I've seen YouTube poop. Yes. Yeah. No. No. Your stuff is more than watchable. I don't know oh, what you're well, getting at. Thank you. It's just like make I more have... of it. How about okay. that? That's a good I'll, start. I'll see what I can do. I've I've received a couple of media invites for uh, some Halloween places later this year, so we'll have to see how that goes through. Good. 
good. If I'm still like working once a month, I'll try to make my way down and do a couple of those with you. I would absolutely love that. Uh, mm-hmm. I would also love it if you go and visit our tpublic.com uh, store. You'll find art by Tom Solo and some other stuff that I think has been banned that we just re-uploaded anyway. Because wait, what got banned? Name? Not to stretch this uh, out anymore. This is very. It, it was our our Cretans Guild podcast logo that looked a lot like the NWO logo. Uh, I mm, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it, it was a blatant <clears throat> knockoff. But you know, there's people do that stuff all the time. I'm not the only one. Huh. All right. Yeah. Hey, um, later on, put that in Slack. I want to see what it looks like. Okay. Uh, We are part of the Podfix Network. Check that out at podfixnetwork.com. And to all of our followers, new and old, we say, welcome to the fucking guild. To all your fucking dogs and your fucking cats, you fucking fuck. You fucking fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, if you can if you can remember what that where that came from, I will be way more than impressed. It was from your Wink TV blooper Oh my reel. god, I can't believe it. Wow, really? Yes. Nice. What do I win? <laughs> Uh, uh, my undying admiration, I suppose. Oh, fuck. I had that before the day started. That's worthless. Aw. <laughs> but not to me. Aw. Aw. But in- oh. Oh, Thank you.